Hello everyone, Jessica Morales joining you with my colleague Jennifer Presley, Executive Editor of EMP. We also have with us PISA President Leslie Byer. Jennifer and I want to have a good conversation with you. We know this is um, not positive times that we're in, but there are resources that we know you're providing. We want to get that message out as much as we can. You've actually been sending out newsletters referring to the PISA War Room. I think that's what your newsletter is. Is uh, that beyond the newsletter, if you will? Is that a way of looking at this time to just kind of band together and get through it? It is. I think there's kind of a, a dual meaning there. Definitely, it, we're all in this together. Um, we have to work together to to really kind of get through this, especially in the industry. But that's also a little bit of a, a throwback to just my political roots. Um, when we started compiling everything and, and deciding, you know, what we were going to call this, um, in my mind, it went to war room because that's the political connotation on, on any kind of campaign where you have the team together, they're pulling in all the resources, they're collaborating, they're trying to bring everything together in one space to be able to get it out immediately. Um, and, and so when we started to do that, that's what it felt like for us as the workflow changed, as you know, the situation for oil field services changed and we transitioned into kind of this remote um, this remote position of being able to still bring our people together. And that's what PISA does so well. We still bring our people together. Um, and as we kind of had to change that workflow, it felt like a war room to me um, from my DC days. So that's, you know, that's what we called it. It won't always be that way. Um, but, but it's kind of a political connotation there. How is PISA helping its members? You know, what are some of the resources that it has provided uh, for its members? We changed the workflow um, to to go to remote um, collaboration, and so that is that, and then our advocacy are the two primary avenues that we're really using right now to support the members. So we are, in terms of government affairs, definitely uh, working with allies in Congress on Capitol Hill and the administration to make sure that the oilfield services sector is represented in any kind of stimulus package. Um, that is a primary um, area of advocacy for us. Um, and I can get into the details of that a little bit. And then the second part of our workflow is about bringing our members together to share best practices in this COVID-19 operational environment, um, you know, mainly specifically around supply chain issues, health and safety. Um, you know, there were stop work orders that were different in different states and in different local areas. We were having to compile that information and get it out quickly. There were best practices recommendations on PPE and social distancing protocols in control rooms and on rigs. And so all of our member companies are coming together right now multiple times a week. We have 22 different committees at PISA. And so all those different groups are getting together um, each week and really sharing how they're navigating the environment. And then we're compiling all of that for all of our members and putting it out on the war room. And so that's, that's really kind of what we're doing for them right now. And, and we're hearing from the members more quickly than you would, you know, anywhere else, exactly what the situation is in the field. And so as the executive teams work on their strategy issues and, and they try to kind of ramp down, there's the team 
teams, the HSEQ teams, the supply chain coordinators, the HR teams, you know, how, how are we helping our people? How are we still supporting our people? Um, for those who can't work from home, all of that collaboration is going on right now. And, and I've just been so pleased to see how in our sector, I mean, Oldfield Services is so competitive, but everyone is coming together and saying, hey, look, here's what our emergency response team came up with. Here's our plan. We are happy to share that with you because, again, we're all in this together. Um, at the end of the day, getting our people back to work and getting the economy going again is what's going to be the answer to this. And so, you know, the, I've really seen the PISA members coming together on that. And if that's so, something, if you can expand more on what you're hearing from the PISA members, you said that uh, you're hearing from them more quickly, I guess, than you would have thought. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that some of it, you know, that we need to help each other or what else are you hearing from them? You know, they are, we're hearing that they're all making cuts. You know, there's, there's layoffs and furloughs kind of across the board at 20 and 30%. And you hate to see that, but they're right sizing for very limited activity in North America. And that's just a necessity. Um, you know, they're also still investing in R&D, though, and that, I think, is the most critical part of the oilfield services sector is that, you know, these companies, this is where all of the technology and innovation comes from that resulted in the shale boom. And these companies have to stay healthy enough to continue to invest in R&D so that when we do get past the demand destruction, we're ready to go again. And so those companies are quickly trying to make the cuts that they can um, to be prepared for when we see demand return is really what we're hearing. So what are your thoughts on the current challenging market conditions that the industry is experiencing? You know, what are you hearing uh, from uh, your market analysts that are part of the organization? From the analysts, we definitely hear, you know, that the, the, there's a lot of consolidation in the sector. It was a very fragmented sector. We knew that um, that's happening, you know, quicker than, than we thought um, would need to happen. But that's just accelerated all of that. And in that, it's, it's accelerating the digitalization and the move to automation. You know, these companies, because they're already having to mitigate this, this damage, they're doing things that they had maybe planned to do a little further down the road. They're just going to get there quicker. Um, and so that's why they're trying to cut early, invest in R&D, invest in digitalization and in their workforce and, and hanging on to the people they have and taking care of them so they can ramp back up. Um, but on that same on that same foot, I mean, you, you hear that from the analysts. And then also, you know, we hear things in Washington. Um, this the demand destruction is partly or it is ultimately um, done by the federal government. You know, these are restrictions. The federal government has made these restrictions that are resulting in the demand destruction. And so the federal government has to be part of the solution. And, you know, you see every day different thoughts and ideas on policy ideas that could potentially help the industry. But um, generally for oilfield services, and that's, you know, who we are primarily focused on, the stimulus packages have been broadly beneficial. And what's important is to make sure that the pieces of the Green New Deal that, that kind of try to get injected in each one of these stimulus packages don't hinder 
um, our companies. I mean, we have to make sure that oil and gas isn't discriminated against in any stimulus package. And that is what's actually happening. Um, you know, there's a lot of those conversations going on in Washington. And so, you know, we really have to make sure that oil and gas is not excluded. And, and we have allies um, in, in Congress and, and in the administration that are trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. And they're working really hard. Um, to do that. And, and we're trying to just continually maintain those contacts and talk about how important oil field services is. Because what they're trying to get to at the end of the day is saving jobs. And when you're talking about jobs in the energy industry, that's the oil field services sector. We are the ones that, you know, that drive the technology and house most of the jobs, 500,000 in the U.S. alone. So as policymakers want to hang on to jobs, you know, they have to make sure that any stimulus includes oil field services. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you've touched on it, of course, but if I can ask you, Leslie, you know, the personal side of um, leading and organizing associations such as PISA, uh, what are things that are, I guess, keeping you up at night or that you hear CEOs are being kept up, you know, and leaders are being kept up at night about? Uh, can you expand a little bit more about it personally, how it feels for you to be able to listen to what they need, advocate for them? And really, I know these conversations are constant, of course, with the policymakers. They're constant. And I think you touch on something that's important and, and it's part of ESG that I wanted to talk about. But, um, you know, everyone's mental health in this environment is impacted, whether you are at, you know, the sea level or you've just been laid off in the field. It is across the board impacting everyone mentally. It impacts the workflow. It impacts, you know, your family at home. Um, and so hearing just constantly how people are, are working to manage this, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. And so, um, and we had to change into that workflow just overnight. Mm. And in and, and a lot of people's cases, they're working twice the amount they were before trying to be in a rapid response position. That's, that's kind of, I feel like, where we are. And you, you also have your kids at home. I mean, you know, I'm on Zoom calls all day and it's not, you know irregular that a 12 year old will like walk behind me looking for the bacon, you know, is there any bacon left over? Well, I'm presenting my financials. Can you hold on one yeah. second? You know? <laughs> um, so I think it's just really has changed how everyone works. And um, we did actually a, um, a webinar on mental health uh, through our ESG committee. Um, one of the leaders on that ESG committee from Schlumberger, Marie Kekbeck, had recommended that we do a mental health webinar. And we had a ton of people sign in and, and get a lot out of it. Um, so I think that's important. And, and, and that kind of, I guess, gets back to your question, like how we're hearing from everyone. We're hearing differently, you know, what is impacting everyone differently. And with those 22 different committees, um, the committees are the ones that come up with the ideas and say, look, you know, we need to do um, an external call on what's happening in digitalization right now in, in supply chain. Um, it's, it's driven by all the member companies and maintaining constant contact with them is how we can make sure we're hitting the right topics. So you mentioned the ESG and, and certainly even, you know, with the bacon that brings a, a definite human element to yeah. all that we do in the business. Um, and then on the ESG, I know that, um, you have some resources there for companies that um, just, yeah. you know, what are, what are you seeing on that side? You know, cause certainly, you know, the argument could be made that ESG is 
while still important, it's not as as important as it may have been before. Right. So what, what are you hearing on the ESG side? It's interesting. I, I think you do hear a little bit of that. And then you hear from the companies who have embraced it as a model of looking at their business holistically. They see this environment as an ESG issue. Um, this falls right in line with the ESG, you know, all under the social, you know, taking care of mm -hmm. your, um, of your team and focus on safety. You know, this is at the end of the day for us, this is all, about getting our people back to work in a way that they feel safe and that's an ESG issue um, the environmental piece I think you know that's where people are tempted to say well we'll focus on that later but that's that's not the case and um, there is there's been enough damage at this point to to demand that the companies really are just going to have to accelerate where they were headed in energy transition to a lower carbon future um, and embracing more of those ESG elements of you know looking at the governance making sure that there's diversity on boards. Um, these companies, when they do come back, are gonna have to be 100% ready to go on all of that. And so mm -hmm. right now, while you're mitigating that destruction and, and the damage to the business, is when you build up and, and make sure that you're focusing on everything through that ESG lens of environment, social, and governance. And all that is, is looking at the business just across the enterprise mitigating risk in those areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely put the S in uh, ESG yes. in our finding. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know companies already going in a certain area, and maybe even this wasn't what you were saying specifically, but some companies you know with the cyclical in industry having trouble or re reorganizing things, and then just overnight this demand destruction just changed out of nowhere essentially you know in a in a business right and compounded because you know we were already we hadn't oilfield services pricing hadn't even recovered from the 2014 mm -hmm. downturn right and so we were just kind of getting back there and then a lot of companies once the russia saudi um price war started you know they they began to struggle and that has actually ultimately impacted some of the stimulus access for some of our companies because you had to be a certain invest, investment grade by mid-march march 23rd i think and um the price war had affected a lot of the companies before that mm -hmm. and so um you know oilfield services they don't have the, the the balance sheet you know that a producer has and so it's just different and so we've been working with um, companies to try and, you know, get some exclusions or, um, you know, try and get them more access to stimulus because of certain areas. You know, another thing that came out in the Paycheck Protection Program under the CARES Act, um, companies that were private equity backed were at, at sometimes um, not eligible. You know, that's a lot of oilfield services. So we've been trying to take those two areas and focus on, you know, companies that are getting excluded because of their investment grade before March 23rd and being private equity backed trying to help them also get some stimulus activity. Mm -hmm. That's important information to know also that, you know, that's why it's so helpful to have the association. I imagine that with the knowledgeable group coming together. 
Right. Well, I appreciate you saying it that way. And, you know, it's almost like being a member of a trade association is a little bit like insurance sometimes. Um, and and uh, there are companies that, you know, you see them cutting, they're having to lay people off and, and the optics of, you know, a discretionary spend on a trade association when you're having to lay someone off. That's not great. Even I recognize that. However, you have you know, basically a compliance and government affairs and supply chain shop on speed dial that you're not paying, you know, for, for a full-time employee. And that's what makes the difference. And in this kind of environment, that is when trade associations are really supposed to accelerate. And I think you have seen them um, do that. And I know that kind of gets back to the war room mentality of where we are. You know, when we saw all this happen and you see, you know, that your companies need support, you ramp it up fast and you try to be for them what the employees were that they lost. And those who are actively and, and appropriately leveraging their trade associations are doing that. You know, they're calling, they're like, hey, we're stuck on this one thing. Can you help us? Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, it's almost like hedging. It's like insurance, but it's a good insurance plan to be a member of these. Thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing for the oil field services sector and uh, all the information and resources you're providing. Thank you so much, ladies, and, and thanks for Leadership at Heart. And Rich Eichler has just been such a strong partner for us, and we just really appreciate everything y'all are doing, too. So thanks. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We appreciate that.